0: Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another one-on-one podcast. And with me today, I have Chris O'Hara, who's head of global marketing for Crux. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Kim. How are you? I'm very, very well. And we're actually sitting in a nice, sunny Salesforce office because, of course, now we can't really mention Crux without mentioning Salesforce.
1: Indeed, yeah. We're uh, now, I think, about three months into our Salesforce journey, mm-hmm. so it's been uh, very interesting going from a relatively small technology startup to a you know, gigantic company like Salesforce, but uh, also encouraging because Salesforce shares a lot of the startup kind of mentality and culture, so it's yeah. been a great transition and, and a lot of fun so far. Yeah, Salesforce
0: itself isn't actually all that old, is it? It's, it's just really um, seized, the, seized the moment. They have seized the moment. I think... Um, you know, if you
1: think about what they were trying to do in the very early stages of their development, which is convince corporations that had a lot of data on servers to migrate them into this thing called the cloud, which back then was right. a new concept. Uh, it was uh, a big hill to overcome, right? Uh, think about data and security and the fact that, um, you know, companies are very concerned about that data leaking out or yeah. going somewhere it shouldn't. So they were founded on the idea that if we're going to take all of your data and provision it in the cloud on our servers and make it available, there had to be a you know high level of trust. Yeah. And what's interesting about us at Crux is, you know, when we started on the publisher side of the business, and publishers really entrusted us with all of their their inventory and, and their their readers, right? And You know, the the biggest asset a publisher has is that audience, and they're afraid of it leaking out or going to a competitor. So we were also founded on this notion that, quote-unquote, it's your data. So the similar sort of trust uh, mechanism was what led our success in a similar way as Salesforce had to have the idea of trust to get everyone to provision their data in the cloud. So there's almost a you know, very good vision match between the two companies. And as I was saying before, very much Salesforce, even though there are over 20,000 people, feels like very much a startup culture right. where they're running very quickly
0: towards a lot of innovation. Interesting. Um, that, talking about data, of course, I think when the the crux Salesforce coming together was announced, it, it did seem like um, a really good idea. Uh, but... For those in our audience who get a headache with acronyms, let's just take a step back and talk about a DMP, what it is and what it means for Salesforce to have, you know, your services now.
1: Sure, yeah. So, I mean, the way I think about it is um, Salesforce has always been amazing at known data, right? Mm -hmm. So personally identifiable data, you know, obviously with email and CRM and service cloud, this is software you use for when, you know, you know a customer's name, their address, their phone number, they're having a problem with your service, or they want to buy something via commerce, or you want to send them an email, and they're the masters of everything known. So, you know, creating great customer journeys from people, you know, from the minute they engage uh, on an e-commerce side to the next email they receive all the way through to purchase, they can orchestrate those experiences and and reach known consumers at scale, right. um, you know, where Crux fit in nicely is we don't touch any PII or personally identifiable information. Our value proposition, if someone comes to your website, there's sort of this unknown cookie, right, mm-hmm. or they engage with your mobile app, you have no idea who they are, but there's the idea that in collecting enough signal in the, you know, online space that you're going to get some insight into who this person is, what they like to do, use different second- and third-party data to enrich that, that user persona and find out, well, do they like sports, do they do their shopping on a Thursday night, where do they live, what articles do they read, etc. So this bringing together the known universe, which Salesforce you know, has always been good at, with now an ability to understand unknown users, and enriching that, this this idea of the 360 degree of the, of the customer, right? Sure. I know who he is because he's got his email address, but when he visits my site, um, I can connect those two things
0: together and, and really build customer journeys across both sites. And it become increasingly important, hasn't it, in the environment we're living in, where people are moving constantly from channel to channel and device to device. Uh, the old days where you just had a mailing address <laughs> and that those are long behind us so um, this kind of probabilistic information which you're collecting are you also involved in cross device identity that kind of thing
1: yeah so uh, i think the you know principle we're founded on if we said the two major roles of modern marketing is one i think Every signal you can collect around a consumer or customer can be used to enhance your understanding of that customer. Um, And and those signals come from devices. And number two is if you can connect those devices to a person, then you become better at what you do. Because devices and browsers and mobile keys and beacons don't buy anything, right? People do. Mm -hmm. So at the very uh, founding of Crux, we realized that you know, unlike older systems who were happy to collect cookies because most people are on desktop and older DMPs were really envisioned, you know, in an era where most people spent their time on desktop, 75, 80 percent, we now live in a world where millennials and generation Z, these people don't spend a lot of time on a desktop unless they're at work, they're on mobile devices, they're on tablets, they're interacting out in the world, they Their car is connected, their Fitbit, their, you know, their watch, their exercise device, whatever they use. Uh, And all these things throw off a great deal of signal, right? But to a marketer, if I have 75 devices, cookies, and browsers, um, you know, that constitute my activity in the world, unless I can put all those 75 together and map them to an individual, I don't have a shot at, you know... Sequencing a journey yes. and figuring out what the next best action for a person is. I can't do attribution because I don't know half of the places yeah. this person engaged with me. So when we set out to architect Crux, it was on the notion that we had to be able to ingest any of those devices, any of those browser keys, any of those signals, and map them to an individual. So it's really the idea that people-based marketing in the future means people plus all their devices.
0: Yeah, It's a huge challenge, but it's essential, isn't it? Because otherwise you're in a position uh, where you're marketing to someone on uh, via email, let's say, then they go to an app and they make a purchase through the app. And when they're on the app, you're talking to them as if you've never seen them before, and also you don't know why they've made the purchase. It's right. It's really important. Yeah, it's hugely important. And if
1: you think about... You know, it's a little easier. So, we work with the Wall Street Journal as right. an example. And to read the Wall Street Journal, you have to be authenticated. So, personally, you know, I grab my phone, I read articles on my phone on the Long Island Railroad into work. And then, if I hear something, you know, while I'm at work on my laptop, I'll go to the journal, log in, and, you know, read an additional article. But then on night, you know, at night or on the weekend, I'll lie on the couch with my tablet and engage with the journal. But I'm logged in, so in that instance, you know, uh, Crux can see me, the same individual across those three devices, and make a pretty easy deterministic map that hey, it's Chris O'Hara. He's the same guy on this phone, this laptop, and this tablet. Where it gets tricky is when you don't have to authenticate. So if you're on a big consumer site. Uh, For Kellogg, you go to FrostedFlakes.com or you go to ConAgra's recipe site and you're looking up a tomato sauce recipe. Uh, I may have no idea who you are because you didn't log on. Mm -hmm. And that's where the probabilistic stuff gets in. How do I guess, you know, based on your behavior, based on perhaps your IP address, based on, you know, your device ID, who you might be? And, um, you know, there's a guy, Bayes, about 400 years ago who wrote a series oh, of yeah. probabilistic algorithms that could kind of uh, create guesses about things. Right. And today, I think, almost every technology uses some form of those original formulas to say, right. hey, if you do these 10 things, you're, it's, more, it's likely that you're this person. Okay. So it's very, it gets very um, into the weeds and into data science. The difference is when you're making those Bayesian guesses around identity is one thing, Uh, it depends on the scale of data you have to guess against. Right. So these algorithms need to run across tons and tons of data to get smart. And luckily at Crux, you know, as the largest DMP, we not only have the most marketing customers and see a lot of users at scale, you know, across the world, but also our uh, publishing base, you know, the the world's biggest publishers... Um, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, Vice, you know Gawker, people like that—we see an awful lot of people, so it's easier for us to make those probabilistic guesses around identity. So our, our native device graph is one of the reasons that I think Salesforce saw, you know, connecting the known and unknown. Yeah. If we're to do that successfully, we have to have access to a lot of that unknown data to really make this thing come together.
0: And there's a general theme there in uh, marketing technology today. All these uh, innovations we're, we're talking about so much, from artificial intelligence to predictive modeling to personalization, it's all suddenly happening because there is now this huge quantity of data out there, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's true. I think um, data is exploding. I mean, I forget the stats specifically, but every day people create you know, so many exabytes of data. So every single day we're creating, as human beings, you know, 250,000 libraries of Congress. Uh Just in a single day. So at a certain point, you know, we're never going to be able to look into all of that data, but, you know, we do believe at Crocs that every single bit of data can add to sense-making, right? There's a signal, it means something, and you can ingest that signal, and put it against other signals and start to get, you know, really deep insights about people, what they're doing online, in the real world, connect that back and help, you know, marketers and publishers get a richer understanding of audiences and you know, what they react to and what offers they want to receive and what they want to read about
0: and you know what they do in the real world.
1: Yeah.
0: So I, I wanna come back to how this data is being used. Uh, within the Salesforce ecosystem. But I guess, first of all, we should just drop in uh, an important footnote about privacy. Uh, When people are moving through their daily lives, they're connected practically all the time now. Why shouldn't people be concerned this is a kind of surveillance? Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a big debate in our industry. And I think, um, you know, when we think of what we do at Crux in the anonymous space, you know, first of all, our system doesn't have any PII or personal identifiable data, just data we're able to collect, you know, based on, you know, what we're allowed to do with the DAA and other, you know, regulatory bodies. And, you know, uh, most consumers have the right to opt out from those experiences, but I think the trade-off, if you think about big publishers and, and, you know, what they're offering their readers is unbelievable content experiences and, the trade-off for reading that great article is I may have to look at some advertising to do that. Right. Same as free broadcast TV. I watch a half an hour show, I might see four to six ads for, uh, you know, laundry detergent yeah. or soap or a car or whatever. And I think people have a have an understanding that that's kind of a fair trade. Um, what Salesforce, as I was saying before, and Cracks are both founded on is the notion of trust. We believe, you know, that data should be protected at all times. We believe consumers should have a choice around, you know, how they want their data to be, you know, consumed and used in the real world. And, you know, both Salesforce from a known perspective and Crux from an unknown perspective has to respect that, or I think the whole value proposition falls
0: away. So that's number one priority for, you know, for our combined company. And hopefully people will be seeing, when they're seeing these ads, They'll be seeing ads which have some relevance to them.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, as a
0: consumer, um,
1: you know, we always get frustrated when we already bought the pair of shoes, and yet (laughs) they're following us around on the Internet for, you know, another three months. We've already booked the family vacation, right? I've been to Cancun already. Why are you still showing me that plane ticket? So I think it's actually a benefit when we can get better with what we do with that data and make sure that at least if you're going to encounter advertising, that it's relevant to you.
0: Okay. And let's talk finally about uh, what this means for someone who's actually using Salesforce. Now, we've written about the Salesforce Marketing Cloud a great deal. Obviously, there are a number of Salesforce offerings out there. Uh, Is Crux kind of operating under the hood as Salesforce Einstein does? In other words, is it enriching the experience, but the user wouldn't even know about it?
1: Yeah, I think a couple from a very, if you just step back and think about how these these new marketing clouds or stacks or whatever we're calling them are working, I think there's three layers, right? One layer is the pipes, right? There's the identity and how we provision data back and forth between various systems and that gets into user matching and make sure we know that the person is a person. And, and if I want to push data into a system like... Um, Data Zoo or AppNexus to target people programmatically. I can do that. So there's a pipes layer and a technology layer. I think sitting atop that is the notion of orchestration. You know, the how am I going to? You know, what what is the customer journey? I'm going to send an email, then a display ad, then a video ad. Um, how do I provision that data and, and to whom do I provision it? So these pipes have to be used to do something, and there's orchestration that has to make sure that what I'm doing in marketing can be done across channel effectively at the right place at the right time. But then, you know, to manage that orchestration, I think there's the idea of an intelligence layer, like artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. So among all these billions and millions of signals I'm collecting, you know, what's the sense being made out of all this data, and how does that artificial intelligence inform the next best action Uh, And we're doing that today uh, in Crux with Einstein-powered Journey Insights. So, you know, hey, I, I just did an advertising campaign. There's 50 million ways someone went from the first exposure to my brand all the way through to buying the pair of shoes. What are the top 10 ways that person got from point A to point Z? Right? So if I can look back on all that activity, find out what creates lift... Then, as an example, if I know those top five or ten journeys, I can go in the Salesforce journey builder and and sort of provision those journeys, right? Use this right. prescriptive idea of marketing to say, I know what works best, and when I see you start a journey, I want to give you the next five actions that I think will lead you to a successful outcome. Okay. But, I mean, there's even some very low-hanging fruit use cases we think about, so... If you're um, using Salesforce primarily for email, I think the average open rate's what 20, 22% on an email. What do you do with the 78 to 80% of people who didn't engage or open with your email? We can help you reach that person on the open web, premium publishers, programmatically, in other anonymous channels. And then there's the interesting cross-cloud idea that it's not just the marketing cloud but it's salesforce for marketing so we have things like service cloud yes. you know maybe you're really really mad at delta for example because they you know forgot to book you on a flight or they gave your seat to someone else or whatever happens and you're tweeting you know at delta some very discouraging things to delta now we can take all the people who have an open service ticket and suppress that user from seeing advertising until their issue is resolved right because why waste hundreds or thousands of dollars marketing to individuals who maybe are having a bad brand experience at the time. Yes. So there are things that the interconnectivity between all the different clouds and the power of the anonymous data in Crux gives you some really, you know, simple optimization use cases that we think are, are fascinating. And you know, if you're nibbling around the edges, You know, you can start at places where, well, let me suppress users who've seen too many advertising, uh, too much advertising, or suppress users with a, you know, a product or service issue, or, you know, reach users who haven't seen the email. So as these clouds start to come together with more capability, more data inside them, uh, I think we'll see more effectiveness and efficiency in advertising and Hopefully, we get to the dream of right person, right message, right place, right time, yep. and get to this idea of in-the-moment
0: marketing. Okay. Well this is, um, in some ways, an incredibly complex area with deep science behind it, but you've been able to share some really clear and easy-to-understand examples. So, Chris, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Tim. And everyone, look out for the next one-on-one podcast. Thank you.